pharmacy because they sell my pupa free chips. <laughs> yeah, sick. Because <laughs> fuck yeah. Because I'm pupa free now. Um, P U F A. Yeah. And I, the lady in front of me had the most gorgeous little boy, and he would have been about River's age, maybe a little bit older. Yeah. So probably around that six to eight month. Little, yeah. yeah super cute age. Mm-hmm. And he was a bit grizzly, and he's climbing all over and stuff. And then so she goes to the counter before me, and she asks for baby Panadol, baby Nurofen. Bongella and SM33, which for anyone else that doesn't know, Bongella and SM33 are a teething gel that mm-hmm. like numb the gels, uh, numb the gums. Anyway, so and Bongella's just... been implicated in a lot of shit in the past. Well, it just hardens their gums too. There's so yeah. much evidence that shows that it hardens their gums. Like it's the worst shit. Um, anyway, so I'm just thinking, man, this poor little dude, obviously if she's bought the Bongella and SM33, he must be teething, mm-hmm. right? And teething sucks. Don't get me wrong. It yeah. really does. Um, I can just imagine she's going to take him home. Every four hours, she's going to give him Panadol. Every six hours, she's going to give him Nurofen because he's cranky. Mm. And that's... But that's what that's what we're told it's to the do. the norm, yeah. You know, and there, there's no discussion about Panadol reducing glutathione levels in the body and, and that's mm-hmm. your key antioxidant. Mm-hmm. And there's no discussion whatsoever about the effects of ibuprofen on the gut. yeah. Yeah. It just horrifies me that this little it's tiny so human up. of eight months, roughly, yeah. of eight months, is mm-hmm. getting given these drugs round the clock Ugh. for something that can be so easily soothed yeah. at the breast or, you know, yeah. on your chest or mm-hmm. just cuddling, baby wearing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was just like, and, and then even when I told my husband, I was like, oh, you know, I told him exactly the same story. And he's like, that kid's just going to be sitting at home going, duh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, Literally. Can you imagine yeah. what that's doing to mm-hmm. his little system? Yep. Exactly. And the worst thing is it's like it's so sinister because that parent is doing the best thing she thinks. She's to, doing, she's absolutely it's like, doing the right thing. Get him out of pain. Yeah. Like, why would I have him in pain? But yes. I haven't used Panadol. Like, I used it for maybe, on, I'm not even fucking lying, like maybe four or five times with Sophie when she was younger. And it was very, like, she, I remember her having a 41 degree temp and I didn't give it to her. But, like, so rarely used it, obviously had teething babies. And I don't see them in pain that can't be easily fixed with just holding them and stuff. Yeah. But is it convenient to hold your baby? No. No, I know, right? But, so, this is what I mean about having so many offshoots. So, one, yeah. my problem is we as a society have been indoctrinated to mm-hmm. believe that pain is the enemy. And yes. that pain must be stopped at all costs. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that feeds into everything it feeds into how we raise our babies it feeds into how we raise our children it feeds yep. into women and childbirth it yep. feeds into everything yeah you get a headache oh quick where's the panadol yeah exactly instead of thinking why is my body why is my head telling me it's sore am i dehydrated do i mm-hmm. need to take a rest do i need an adjustment like yeah why is my head hurting? why is exactly it's an indication like yeah, our bodies are so wise it's always telling and us all the pain medication is doing is masking the pain. Mm-hmm. The pain's still there. Yep. You just can't feel it. Yeah, the cause exactly. of it is still there. Yeah. And it's the same for the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And oh, I had so many different things. I was like exploding when I was driving over here and now I can't remember any of them. I think it's so... It's like even when these children and kids or whatever that grow up with like no pain, no pain, no pain, it goes to mental health pain and yes. the angst of being a teenager is hard enough as yes. it is dealing with things all the time. So, of course, it's going to feel good to like drink alcohol, do yes, drugs, phenomenal. smoke weed. Yeah. And then because their whole life, it's like you can't feel pain. Any, like they're not being taught to like ride with the pain, work yeah. with the pain. Or work out where the pain's coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, I just want to stress that me boobing my kids and cuddling my kids and sleeping with my kids and baby wearing my kids, that doesn't make me a, a better mom. Yeah. It's that doesn't make me tougher. It, it, it's not, it's not, it's just getting in touch with, with the way we should be. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, instead exactly. of always masking all these pains. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it means you're, this is the same with the whole breastfeeding thing. Like stop putting breastfeeding on a pedestal. It's not the golden, amazing option you do if you have it it is the normal biological norm yes. everything else under that is a deviate is subpar yeah. but that's offensive but it's like no because once you make it like this is a special thing you can do if you're really great then people are like oh that's just you know the normal is formula yeah but it's like no the norm formula is like therefore when you really need it if your baby's gonna starve whatever mm-hmm. or if you, you like don't <laughs> we could just go on for like three hours about formula <laughs> yeah. like that's fine to use it but it is yeah like Breastfeeding, once you make it... I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but no, once you do put it on a pedestal, then people think it's out of reach. Yeah, it's an option. So you're just a superstar if you do it, but you're normal if you formula feed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so not just pain medications, but but over-the-counter medications across the board, Mm. right? You know, you, your kid has a snuffy nose. Oh, there's a medicine for that. Yeah. They have cough. Oh, there's a medicine for that. Take antibiotics. This yeah. one, this is like also, I remember ranting on Facebook the other day, like when children don't want to eat when they're sick and parents are like shoving puree down their fucking throats. And it's like when you understand how the body works, how fevers are like upgrading their immune system and fighting off, it's like your first line defense fevers. Yeah. And then you want to reduce the fever. So what do you think is going to happen? This is when you're going to get systemic fucking infections and flus that kill you and shit. Like, yeah. Like, it's so pointless fucking, like, thinking of my train of thought today. But it's just like, what are they trying? Yeah, so food, kids lose their appetite for a fucking reason. It's your Digesting body. food. It's been wise. It's and It's really like, taxing yeah. on the body. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of energy. It takes yep. a lot of time. Yeah. And when the body is trying to fight off an infection, it doesn't have the resources to digest food. Yeah. That's why we go off our food yeah, when we're exactly. sick. You should just let that be and just yeah, cuddle that just baby. Just let that happen. Give them water. Don't force water down their fucking throats. Just leave it there if they want it or we're milk on or the boobs. Gold Coast once. We call it comatose holiday. I was 32 weeks pregnant with Dusty and Cody. Yeah. and So Cody was two and Tanner was four. And they both got this gnarly virus. They yeah. were just completely out of it yeah. for five days. Wow. Their fevers raged. Tanner was like almost hallucinating at one stage. <laughs> he was like walking around the van, didn't know where he was going. They were always <laughs> drinking. They were always urinating. Mm-hmm. They went off their food completely. Yeah. I remember I've got a photo of Cody. She looks like one of those little Ethiopian kids, you know, with the big swollen belly and her little arms were so thin. She lost so much weight. But it only took her about two weeks after that to put it all back on. She ate like a fucking whore. Yeah, yeah. And she was back to normal. Yeah. It's so clever the way our bodies work. And that's what her little body needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think out of those five days, she probably had... The total of a piece of toast. Yeah. In those entire five days. Yeah. I'd make mm-hmm. her toast, she'd have a nibble, she'd go back to sleep. Yeah. Um, her fever went up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, they were both so much healthier on the other side yes. of that virus. And that's what people talk about. Like they alternative treatments are like inducing fever for cancer patients because yeah. they know fevers can help kill off that. And then even when you do intermittent fasting, like day three, your immune system starts fucking rebuilding itself. Yeah. People think we need to shove food into our mouths, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snack and snack and snack. And it's like, fuck me. Like, we're not. Do you know, apparently, the only thing that's been linked to longevity in life is like when you've had a mother or whatever, when she's been pregnant with you and she had to fast because of normally because of starvation or whatever it's been the one thing linked to like longevity true yeah it's like when you've had a period of like a a large amount of period of just like you know being starved and (laughs) stuff but I was like it's amazing and we just shut it down you know that guy in the US he is like a really big pro-vax guy he's the one of the big doctors um oh you would know his name but he wrote like an amazing yeah, is it Offit? Offit? Yeah, it must have been him. Yeah. I was thinking of that Senator Pan guy, but no, it was oh, definitely yeah. Offit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So he's pro-vax everything, but he wrote a really good article on all about like how good fevers are for kids and yeah, just supporting yeah. your child yeah. in a fever. You go to hospital, First they're going to reduce that fucking off. fever. They're yeah. going to want to do like a fucking spinal tap if you don't vaccinate or something. And <laughs> yes. it's just, it goes from there. Like uh, antibiotics, let's do an IV, let's do all of this shit. Parents don't know they've got options to say, actually, I'll stay at home. Same with COVID. Let it run rampant if you're sick, stay at home. Yes. Why, you don't need to run off and get, like, also as well, like, when people get the flu. Oh, yeah, mum had the flu. She went down to the GP and she's got type A. <laughs> who, who gives a fuck? Who stay at home, fuckhead. Yes. Like, why are you running off to get... Yes, a diagnosis. So many parents like this with their children. Oh, he had a running nose for three days, took him to the doctor. For yeah. what? Yeah. What is? What the fuck do you want? Yeah. Antibiotics? I, I think it's because we've never been given the education on how to yeah. support it. Like, I remember, I still remember when when we first decided to stop vaccine and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tanner got his first fever. It yeah. happens. It's never yeah. it's, it's a part of growing up. I remember he yeah. got his first fever and, and I'm checking it with the thermometer every yeah. 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's 39.8. Oh, my God, like, he's going to die, you know? Yeah. Now, I'm having used to a now, thermometer since I, Sophie and I'm like, like, oh, they're hot. Yeah, Dusty <laughs> had, the number? Dusty had a fever the other day. I pulled the thermometer out. I always just like to see what it, what number he's sitting at just for curiosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let me put it in his ear. Yeah. Chris is like, I need to know. And I'm like, why though? <laughs> yeah. One, we're not going to give him anything for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Two, what does it matter? Like, yeah. he's fine. He was still drinking. He was yeah. still talking. Like, everything yeah. was fine. 
And Chris is like, so I can worry. And I'm like, yeah, that's the only reason you want to talk. But it is so true. It is so ingrained in Mm -hmm. us that we have to fix them. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just trusting their perfect little bodies to do what it needs to do. I think a smart thing like especially when you're pregnant as well or with your children whatever is like what is to be gained by finding out that information yes why do you like it's so much too with antenatal care like why do you want to know if you've got what like why do you want them to get weighed like when they yeah. weigh you why do you yeah. why my mom asked why do they need how, to weigh you my mom asked me how heavy river is the other day and i went right back i was like i don't know she hasn't been weighed since birth yeah. like fuck i don't know <laughs> Why would I weigh her? Yeah. She's growing. Yeah, exactly. She grows out of her clothes. Yeah. Her wedding, her nappies are wet. Yeah. She poos. Yeah. She's good. <laughs> I can know. Like, yeah, it's so sad. Hey? And and the same with scans. I remember mm. scans was probably one of the first things I ditched. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. In, in pregnancy. Ultrasound scans. Ultrasounds, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was, I went for, I went for my 12 week scan with Cody, but I remember thinking afterwards... Because I, I never got the blood Cody's test. Cody's your number two. Number two, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't get the blood test with Tanner either. I only ever got the 20-week scan. Okay, With yeah. Cody, I got the 12-week scan because we'd had that late loss yeah. before her. But then I, I remember thinking about her 20-week scan and I was like, why are you going? Like, yeah. Even, so even if... And this is obviously a, a personal decision for everyone. Yeah. Even if I had received an incompatible with life diagnosis, mm-hmm. we would never have terminated. Yeah. I would have carried that baby as yeah. long as that baby wanted to be part, you know, mm-hmm. be with me, and we would have dealt with it as it came. Yeah. I either would have birthed a sleeping baby, or we would mm-hmm. have birthed the baby that we'd lose in our arms. You know, that's, yeah. And that's the choice we made. Yeah. So knowing that, mm-hmm. there was no reason for me to get exactly. scared. Yeah. And so we didn't want to know gender. We didn't. If there was anything wrong, I was never going to find out anyway. And they can. The problem is like, or the point is, they can't do anything most of the time anyway. No. So why? And so the thing, if somebody thinks similar to you question like why am i getting this nuchal scan why yeah, do i want yeah. the nipt like I know, and I know there's a lot of people that you know if they were given a down syndrome diagnosis at 12 weeks they would yeah. terminate mm-hmm. you know and that is a personal choice that's completely yeah. on the mother and father but mm-hmm. for me and 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 the way we we like to you know the way we view life yeah it wouldn't have changed anything yeah so the scan was completely pointless yeah. and that's the same with all things in pregnancy yeah exactly um that's like with me i was the last one i was changed um, on a little bit but all of them I was like if we have a Down syndrome baby we would terminate like yeah. I was very hellbent on it um, only because I think um, like being a nurse and seeing some of where these kids end up when their parents are older or yeah, like yeah. when they go into these care homes and the abuse of these kids or whatever um, like this is my thinking back then I was kind of like I don't want to bring that ch- you know that child into the world knowing what its life could be like and I have the choice and it's 21st century and all of this but then with the last one I was like I don't even want that nuchal skin and I was just like it's one of those things and then also so even if I would terminate I knew with those pregnancies they can miss this anyway you can do all of the testing and still have a down syndrome baby and I was still like that's fine that's just the universe was obviously like you need to have this child and like it's not like I'd go and fucking you know like give it away like it wasn't like that it was just like if I had a choice yeah and they're not so yeah because they are so wrong. And it depends a lot on ultrasound techs. Like, who's scanning your belly? Well, it's one mil creates, like, what is it? One mil equals one centimetre or yeah. something? Yeah, and like... if you've got dodgy scan people, yeah. they can fuck up everything. And not yeah. to mention, like, as soon as you get a shady kind of um, mucal scan result, like, you instantly start disconnecting from that baby. My friend was pregnant, and it was kind of like a weird... Um, it was like a weird, you know, like a one-in like I don't know 50 chance yeah, of yeah. something being wrong and she instantly was like I don't know because she didn't know she didn't ever thought about um termination but she was like fuck I don't know what I would do and she instantly started disconnecting from that baby as yeah. its mother because she's like I don't want to get att- too attached and how damaging is that if you just would carry a baby anyways you're not gonna have that stress like I think I used to be like if I knew the baby was terminal I'd just get a termination but I agree now I'd want to wait and I'd carry that baby and whenever it comes in birth whether that's 29 weeks or it goes to full term and dies I think that's the process your body needs same with yeah. miscarriage like and see this just goes back to hiding pain yeah we are so scared of pain in yeah. all its forms physical mm-hmm. mental all of it yeah we are so scared of pain yeah that we hide and run from it at every opportunity yeah. from okay. a headache to a termination for mm-hmm. incompatible life diagnosis yeah. mm-hmm. we are so scared of mm-hmm. feeling yeah you know yeah and it, it just and it starts at eight months old yeah. when they're cutting a tooth yeah and it starts 
yeah, it just, it's like, where did the chicken versus the egg? It also yeah. starts, there's so much evidence to suggest when you get opioids in fucking labor that those yeah. children have a higher risk of being like addicted to drugs and opioids and shit, like yeah. when they're um, older. So it's like these, you, in utero, these babies are being drugged yeah. with mothers who would never even want to take a penadol when they're pregnant. They get into labor and all of a sudden, because they don't know how to work with pain, they haven't been told like they're, it's functional pain. Like, yeah, drug me up to the eyeballs. And yeah. it's just like, fuck me dead. It and, just and, continues. And because we've always been so taught that pain is bad and pain should be hidden and pain there's a pill for pain, mm-hmm. um, we are scared of it. We do. Yeah. We, we hide from it at every opportunity. I ha- I've had conversations with girlfriends about, you know, an incompatible with life diagnosis. And, yeah. and they've said, you know, I would terminate, which I totally understand. Yeah, like some people, yeah. But the basis of their choice to do that mm-hmm. is I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It would be too hurtful. It would be yeah. too painful. And it yes, would you be. could actually do it. You definitely yeah. could do it. Because guess it would what? It just really fucking It would suck. Balls. Like, you don't know <laughs> yeah. one wants to fucking do it. No, like, no. no. But if I could yeah. just, you know, every kick, like you said about connection. Yeah. If, if my baby only knew me from the inside, mm-hmm. then they've still lived a life. Yeah. They've still, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and as short as that life was, yeah. at least all they've ever known is me loving yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. You know? And just like with placentas, often it can be like emotional blocks why they don't release. I think that's similar with miscarriage. And and if a baby's still born within you, you're made out that your body is fucked and it's going to go septic and kill you and you need to deliver this baby immediately. No, just you might need to take time if you've got a stillborn baby with, not stillborn because it's not born yet, but you know, like a baby that's deceased within you. You might need to go to the fucking Gregory for a week and just relax and go through all the emotions and scream and cry and all that. It's still not going to help really. It's actually it's a no process. evidence to suggest that a deceased infant will turn septic yeah. inside you. There's no evidence yeah. of it whatsoever. I remember, you know, Indie Birth Marin's Green. Yeah. She lost a baby. Um, I don't think it was super, but it was kind of, I think she was feeling it. So whatever, yeah. you know, maybe 20, 20 weeks. 20 weeks, yeah. And um, she's a midwife, this woman. And she just, on no scans or anything, she knew, she had suspected that it had passed. And then when she did a Doppler, she couldn't find anything. And she and it took like nine weeks for this baby yeah, to pass. And imagine. she always talks about like, it's an emotional thing. Like she felt like she'd gotten to a point in her journey of knowing her baby's passed. And then one morning she woke up and birthed it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, it's like this when women miscarry, which happens all the time and it's getting more common miscarriages. If it's a bit further along and you need to go to hospital, it's such a clinical, cold... It's fucking awful. Take these drugs, sit in this fucked up gross hospital room and discharge, goodbye, good luck. And you're like, oh, what a... The journey of miscarriage, which is still a journey, was just cut so short, boxed off, off you go. And you're like, oh, God, that was so harsh on that woman. Like... Yeah. But it's just, yeah, like... (laughs) You know, what's going to... Have you heard about that grandma who had um, a baby that died in her? But what happened was she never birthed it. It just like became not entombed. What the fuck's that word? When something gets really hard and basically her body encapsulated the baby and just went hard. And she was like an old lady and it was still in her. And they were like, oh, she she was obviously pregnant. This baby passed, but for whatever reason. But she didn't die of a fever and fucking literally absolutely no evidence of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just another moneymaker. What is probably more scary is having Sinto and having a, which yeah. it can be dangerous, having a termination yeah. well, as well. Well, when I, um, so the bub we lost between Tanner and Cody, um, so I went in for my 12-week scan and they and the lady ever so astutely mm. just said, oh, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Mm. And I should have been 12 weeks and I was only measuring about eight weeks. So, yeah. Um, and so, I, she, and she just said, oh, you just need to go and see your doctor. I was like, okay. Mm. Yeah. Cheers for that. Yeah. So I went saw my That's doctor. Bro. And my doctor said to me, she said, Oh, um, okay, so now you need to have a DNC. And I didn't know anything then about mm-hmm. miscarriages and, and how it all works. Yeah. Um, and my husband was away working. I had a, a one year old with mm. me. I wasn't in the frame of mind to jump on Google and yeah. start looking at stuff and, mm-hmm. and inform myself of my choices. Yeah. So I listened to my doctor and I went to the hospital and I, I got put under and I had a DNC and like mm-hmm. it was it was shit. Yeah. yeah. But there was no discussion whatsoever mm-hmm. of hey you can just go home and wait this out if yeah. you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Have ceremonies around it. Light yeah. candles. If you were planning a water birth, lay in the birth pool. Yeah. Just like acknowledge the loss and yeah. how it's still being and um like being a woman is we do bring life and we do bring loss like it's yeah. just a, a point of when yeah. we're a woman we are like the portal and yeah. we will babies do die in birth and in pregnancy and there's a lady i um connected with 
on Instagram after River's birth. She's mm. called called Wild Womb Witch, I think. Mm-hmm. She's wicked. She's like a intensely intuitive. Sweet. I don't know. She's she's just nice. pretty cool. Um, and so her, she she sort of started this phrase, this um, term, phrase, whatever. Um, early birth. She doesn't call it miscarriage. Oh, she doesn't okay. Call it loss. She calls it early birth. Yeah. Um, she experienced a, a whole bunch of them herself. Yeah, right. Um, and she really learned, obviously, how to walk that journey and. Yeah just everything she talks about around early birth is amazing and it's phenomenal yeah it's so and it's just another thing that we hide from because yeah it is painful yeah definitely so we just and and no one talks about it Mm -hmm. like i remember i remember that first miscarriage we had it was it was pretty big because we'd already announced bob and and all that sort of stuff you know so friends are bringing flowers and all that sort of stuff but not one person no one in my life actually wanted to talk about it yeah yeah no one yeah and we don't oh this is me actually with death and loss i get really shady around it man <laughs> i don't want to fucking know i get really like oh god it's too much like and i think it's because i'm scared of crying in front of people oh i'm just god, like I oh god too. so <laughs> a really good friend of mine yeah she when i was pregnant with at the towards the end of my pregnancy with river uh-huh. um she sort of she sort of said oh i might be pregnant and i was like Oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she never confirmed it. She never mentioned it right. again. And mm-hmm. I, being a bit like you in that sense, was like, "Don't ask about it. Don't talk about it." Because she might have had a miscarriage. You'd think from my yeah. experiences yeah. that I'd be a bit more understanding. Yeah. But, but then also, if you've got, because so you're pregnant. Yeah. It's an emotional thing as well to talk about it with somebody. So yeah. you've got to. And she said that. Know. She said, "I didn't want to bring it up with you because you were towards right. the end of your pregnancy." Mm. Um, but then it, you know. Fast forward, River's four or five months old, and she and I uh, and I sort of said to her, I was like, oh, you know, yeah. finally broached the topic, and she's like, oh yeah, we we have been, but I've lost a bunch more babies. I fucking burst into tears. Oh, yeah, like I'm supposed to be supporting you yeah. right now, <laughs> and I'm an emotional mess. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, but I can't help it. Yeah, I it's swear. Nice. As soon as I have like kids, I'm a fucking yes. sap, mate. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, my mum um was saying my uncle didn't go to a my elderly grandmother went to a funeral and my uncle didn't go with her. Like drove her to the small town where it was and dropped her off and went like to town. <laughs> and mum's like, "What an asshole!" I'm like, "Yeah, what a dick!" And then uh, mum was like, "Cause he said, oh, I don't like funerals." And mum was like, "No, but he does." No. And then I was like, "Yeah, good point." Cause I will avoid a funeral like no tomorrow. <laughs> like I do not want to go to it. Like I'll just fucking i don't know it's so hard but i'm like yeah i'm literally just thinking about myself like no one wants to go to a funeral and yeah. see that and see, see other people crying hiding yeah like, you know exactly. my my bamps we call him because my cousin oh, yeah my cousin couldn't say gramps she said Cute. bamps and it just stuck bamps is cool yeah bamps is really cool mm-hmm. and he was a legend it's my dad's dad mm-hmm. and he passed away recently in the uk yeah and so my brother also lives in the UK, and then my other brother lives here. How did I, did I know that? But I forgot. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he's lived cool. there for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so my brother in England obviously messaged me and my brother here and said, "Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that Bamps has passed away." Mm, yeah. And I was instantly upset and yeah. crying and stuff, and then the kids were sort of confused, and so I just excused myself down to my bedroom. Yeah. And stop other kids. Anyway, then my brother that lives here rocked up at my house. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, stop like your brother's here. And I was like, no. I need to cry in fucking private. I, I don't cry in front of people. I don't do this. Yeah. Like, they and, can't see my weakness. No. And, and, and he came down to the room. And, and he, obviously, he obviously wanted yeah. you know, to share his grief with me. So then I'm like, yeah. Sarah, don't be a cunt. Like, this is your baby brother. <laughs> And he's giving me a cuddle, and I'm like, okay, cut, cuddle short. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, let's talk I'm about. Fine. Did you see what we're going to use today? <laughs> like, and I don't want my kids to be like yeah, that. You yeah, know, I totally. want my kids to cry. I want my kids to sit yeah. in their grief and mm-hmm. their pain and know that it's okay. Yeah, it sucks in the moment, but in the future it'll feel better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we just so true. I'm so in inept in that <laughs> <Yes>. department. <laughs> Even other time, like my kids oh. will hurt themselves. Like, yeah, you'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck us. Same. Yeah, I'm just like leave it. Yeah, it's hard. It's it shit. Ugh. That's the thing. I like talking about this stuff, but if somebody was like, I just find it really confronting, like other people's grief and stuff. You're like, well, like I don't mind talking about it and stuff, but. You know that lady ugh. I was telling you about that um, her husband passed away yeah. when she was pregnant and she's mm-hmm. like a fucking grief guru now. Yeah, like amazing. She's, she knows what grief is. Yeah. She, was, she did a poll on her Instagram. Oh, cool. And it said, you know, for anyone that's experienced grief, 
what did you want from the people around yeah. you? And 99% of the responses were that you just wanted someone to show up. Yeah, right. They just wanted someone to come around. Yeah. And just tell them, this this sucks. Yeah, this yeah. This is shit. Mm-hmm. You don't need people to fix it. Yeah. You don't need... Oh, to say, I understand. Yeah. Oh, you'll get pregnant again. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, that baby wasn't supposed to be... You've already right. got four kids. You'll find another <laughs> husband. Yeah. You, know, you don't need that. Yeah. You just exactly. need someone to sit there and go, this fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. And I'm so sorry it mm-hmm. happened. Can yeah. I do some laundry for you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I take your kids to the park? Yeah. That's it. Exactly. I think we, we make these situations so much bigger than they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Exactly. The person's got it under control. Mm-hmm. They just need a little external support. Yeah. They just need you to show up. For sure. When I was 15, my cousin died and we were out of school for like weeks and weeks and weeks. We get back to school and like oh, I had heaps of friends. Was it like you were a leprechaun? A lepre- well, like no one brought it up. No one said yeah. anything. And I remember being like, because I was I'm a chatterbox, but like no one brought it up. And then I felt awkward to bring it up, probably because of the reasons why now. Like I don't want to make somebody feel like they're sucked into my little drama. Yes. Like it's a little drama. But yeah, I just remember like no one. And I just wanted to like talk mm-hmm. about everything. Mm-hmm. Like... But then you, and then you also felt like, oh, oh, you'd start talking and people would divert the com- like the conversation, so you couldn't get to it, and then you didn't want to keep pressing on because you're like, oh, they probably don't want to hear it, and yeah, and it's just like, and that's uh, teenagers are like that already, yeah. like probably because they got parents like me that want to avoid grief. But yes. um. <laughs> I remember talking to that. Um, so her name, her name, I think is is actually Lani, but then she yeah, right. she goes by Wild. Oh, cool. And I was like, we were W-Y? No, W-I-L-D. Oh, yeah, Same cool. as Rivers. So oh, nice. I was like, we were supposed to Fucking connect. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember saying to her when I was catching up about it, and she said, oh, you know, do you have anyone to talk about Rivers' birth with? And I was like, oh, I do. I said, but they're probably sick of hearing about it. No. And she's like, real friends won't get sick of listening yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And that really struck a chord with me. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like... 99% of the people don't really want to listen. Yeah. And I think and, that too, right? But then I think... If the roles were reversed, Sarah, you'd probably get sick of listening to it too. Mm. And I think that's where I'm a bit of an asshole, and I really got to work on that. <laughs> you know, does it to me all the time. I, he starts fucking crapping on about the same thing. I'm like, babe, we patched this over. It's done. Walk it away. Yeah. <laughs> Throw away the key. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard. But I'm... it goes back to fucking Panadol when you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking oath it does, and that mum at the pharmacy put the fucking urine back. But you know, and you know how, like last week when you said about piercing your bub's ears yeah you're like you know pain is part of life so yeah you suck it up bitch i that actually you know when you're like i'm gonna take this out because that's gross i actually don't think it's gross it's because you know pain how you, is a part yeah, of life and for women it's Especially. so gross but like that's the thing like we go through a lot of like we are the we are a fucking portal to yes. the fucking wherever yeah Babies choose us and come to us. 100%, yeah. And, like, the power of that. And then, but with power comes great pain. <laughs> um, <laughs> comes great responsibility. <laughs> and that. <laughs> um, and I just think, like, yeah, like, things are painful. And it's painful for men, too. But women with our bodies, like, our bodies, our job, not our job, that's bad. But on if we choose to have babies, like, and even if we don't, like, just even menstruation can be painful for women yeah, because yeah. of things. But everything um you just like pain is just a part of life and so pierce your kids ears and primal <laughs> jokes <laughs> it, it, it is so true though like i want yeah. my kids to you know when they cut themselves and everyone's always quick oh does she want a band-aid yeah, yeah fuck she doesn't I want know, a band-aid right? she's yeah. fine it hurts yeah and mm-hmm. let it hurt and yeah. let her cry mm. i'm gonna hold her while she cries mm-hmm. i'm not gonna try and take that pain away because yeah it's real it exists yeah and she needs to learn how to work with it exactly it's so fucking true, man. Yeah. Um, also, that glutathione, because people won't oh, yeah, be like, oh, so, yeah, in your gut. Yeah. Uh, no, so glutathione is... Oh, it's not in your gut? <laughs> no, no. It's a key antioxidant. Okay. Um, and it is how you detox, basically. So it, it helps get rid of viral particles. It, gets, it helps get rid of um, toxins, heavy metals, all that sort of stuff. So every time you dose a baby or a child or an adult, pardon me, with glutathione, you just... With... You're hindering the immune panadol system. Panadol and shit. Yeah. It so hinders. imagine your kid's got a cold and you're giving them Panadol for a fever. Mm-hmm. One, you're taking away the fever, which is the best response to an illness Yeah, ever. you want that. You want the fever. Mm-hmm. Two, you're weakening their immune system further mm-hmm. by reducing their glutathione reserves. Yeah. So 
Panadol is so, so disruptive to the body. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone always thinks, oh, it's just paracetamol. You get it at Woodley's. What's wrong with it? Yeah, it's not. It, mm-hmm. it, it has huge so repercussions. And, and it's and evidence. Like, this is... The evidence it is, is everywhere. so clear. And it's fucked up. Even the fact that it's recommended by fucking health professionals to, like, go get um, Panadol before you give your baby a vaccine. It's the worst That is one of the worst do. things you want to do before you vaccinate. If you're because vaccinating your child, don't get... A fucking don't dose it up with panadol. And, you want and certainly the glutathione. not afterwards either because you no, want the glutathione. Exactly, because that's how they're going to detox all the heavy metals. In exactly, the yeah. exactly. And so Nurofen, I remember actually we have so Tana has had panadol <clears throat> from memory three times, mm-hmm. each for injuries. Yeah, um, which it. is that's the thing. Like sometimes there's an acute injury. Yeah, although now I wouldn't fucking... even use it for an acute <laughs> yeah, injury because I, yeah. I know too much now. Yeah. Um, so we we use homeopathy in. Yeah, right. Over the counter medications, and I have had yeah. tremendous success with homeopathy. So I'd probably I probably go back to it. Give my kid a rum before I get it. <laughs> yeah, <panadol. laughs> so would I? Yeah, Emily, have a swig. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, at least your gut can. Um... Mum and dad used to put brandy on our uh, on our dummies or vodka. Probably better on our than Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'd much rather vodka than bonjella. But doesn't one of paracetamol or norepin don't, don't doesn't have. Uh, like ETOH ethanol, it doesn't have an alcohol yeah, yeah, in it would. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd just be a stabilizer. It would yeah. be in all of them. Yeah. Um, but Nurof- I remember my sister-in-law's saying to me when Tana was a baby, "Don't ever use Nurofen." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll listen to you." Yeah. I, and I never looked into it. Mm-hmm. We've never bought it. We've never touched it Good. for any reason. Mm-hmm. But it was when I discovered how detrimental Panadol can be that I thought, "Man, mm. I better check out Nurofen too." And that's when I found Nurofen strips the gut almost exactly the same way antibiotics do Ugh, like it's and it actually feeds um bad bacteria like um e coli and stuff it's so bad yeah nurofen's really bad i remember listening to a um he was a ultra marathon runner and he would take ibuprofen which is nurofen or whatever like like routinely oh, yeah. so every six hours during the day because his joints would ache yeah then he read some information on what it could be doing and he's like maybe i should cut it out so he stopped taking it pain 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 then the pain went away and he has been pain free ever since he stopped neurofen and it was like this fucked up feedback yeah it, it was causing so much joint inflammation, inflammation in him yeah. and then he would need to take more and it was yeah i was reading um before liver transplants in australia 50 percent of the cases are because of paracetamol overdose and not necessarily um wanting to overdose but just especially these people are like oh i'll just take four or three because it it doesn't actually my dad takes three at a time yeah because it's got a limit like you can i think it's like 500 grams is all you can take you can take five tablets you're only going to have the pain relief of the 500 grams of the two tablets so this it's pointless taking more yeah all you're doing is killing your liver the worst thing you can do also is like if you're on the piss drinking is taking panadol the next day because (laughs) it's like the liver's already fucked from the alcohol do not introduce panadol sleep and this is a problem with modern society too is like if you are sick or you've got an injury or whatever and you're in pain and you need to work or especially if you're fevering it's like those people with fevers should stay at home and sleep yeah but then if it's like you've got no sick liver whatever then these things come into play like you well you like have Panadol if it means you need to be underground operating machinery and you don't want to like, you know, yeah, whatever. But it's just fucked. I remember Chris being really unwell like maybe a year ago and he was fevering and I was like, this is so good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like so excited. Like I haven't had a fever in ages and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. I need to get a fever and like clear all the shit out of my body. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, what the fuck? And he laid in that bed all day. He yeah. slept. Yeah. He didn't eat anything. He once said like, maybe I should take some Panadol. I'm like, you're fucking fine. Like Solidron, man. Yes. And he woke up the next day and he was like, he said he felt amazing. It was one day. Yeah. He said he felt amazing. He was like, fuck, I feel so good. And yeah. he just felt amazing. I'm yeah. like, that's because you rest like you should have you should be in bed and that is your body saying lay the fuck down yeah and have mm-hmm. sleep exactly yeah so clever our bodies they are when they're given the freedom yeah. to function the way they're designed to exactly there's so much we don't know about the body like i always mm-hmm. just think even if even if there was heaps of evidence to say that a particular medication had no side effects and mm-hmm. it was effective at doing what it was designed to do mm-hmm. i still wouldn't fucking take it yeah because it's why we yeah. don't need it it's not unnatural you just exactly. let nature do what it does mm-hmm. and if and and once you step away from and in the beginning it takes a really long time yeah like i remember when we first stepped away from everything with tanner mm-hmm. he did keep getting sick you know he he did get a sore throat and he did get an earache and all that yeah. sort of stuff and it, it is hard and it is really time consuming in the beginning yeah. to use all your natural remedies because they don't work as quick yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. now 
Mm-hmm. So Tana, my oldest, is eight next month. Yeah. And Cody's six next month. Dusty's three. We have never used antibiotics. Yeah. Same. We have never used an mm-hmm. over-the-counter medication. Yeah. Except for Tana's three injuries. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a fluke. Yeah, that's exactly That's not right. genetics. That's not anything except mm-hmm. us choosing a different path. Exactly. If and you went... they're so healthy now. Exactly. What the fuck do people think is going to happen when you're giving yourself antibiotics once, twice a year? Yeah. Do you know what that's doing to your fucking gut? Yeah. The next flu season that comes around, or COVID that comes around, and then you get hit harder than most because yeah. you're down. You've literally fucked yourself up for a fucking cough or something. Yeah. And it's just like, don't go. There's a reason why your kids are always at the doctors because you're always at the doctors. Yeah. Like, stay <laughs> yes. the fuck away. Yeah. We don't use really any homeopathic stuff. We just, I literally just lay it like lay around but they've never really been that sick whereas yeah. if i went to the doctors every time there's a and i think being a nurse too i'm like what are they gonna fucking do yeah, they're not gonna do anything anyway no. have you had that quote um don't take antibiotics and take seven and it'll take seven days to get over your, your cold or use antibiotics and it'll take a week to get over your cold yeah same same yeah get the like oh i took anti i went to the doctor on the fourth day and i was better by the next day you probably would have been better fine but yeah. you've also just fucked your immune system you've up for a little bit now microbiome. just think just think in your fucking brain before you take your children to the gp what do you want them to do yeah and do you know what the consequences of that are because they're not going to fucking tell you because no. they want you to come back. And it, 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 it can go into everything. You know, mm. It can go your dental care. Yeah. Braces. You know, everyone said I, I had a really, I had a really small jaw. I had four teeth taken out. I had braces for four years. It was fucking hell. Yeah. And I've had so many people already in my family and friends that know me and what I went through say, oh, you know, hopefully your kids get Chris's teeth because he's got perfect, beautiful, straight teeth. Yeah, right. And I just think, well that's not genes mm. that's i wasn't breastfed i was fed shit food mm-hmm. i was given a dummy i puree so you can't probably yeah. chewing my jaw, jaw. Just, my jaw didn't develop yeah. my jaw Have you is heard tiny about the breathing there's this fucking podcast you need to listen to and it's all about mouth breathing we yeah, all yeah. mouth breathe and even we used to chew all the fucking time yeah. back in the day so our jaws were bigger our faces were bigger yeah, it's all like western a price stuff yeah, yeah, that shit. Yeah, like our jaws are so narrow and like yeah. shit now. Like I have had you seen that study? Monkey. They they took twin boys, identical twin boys, and they yeah. did one on a um, Western protocol and then one on a Western really? A price. Like so, one on a normal American protocol and then one on a Western A price protocol. And by sixteen, these boys look completely different. What? Because the boy that followed the traditional um, diet and you know, are you talking about like the standard American diet? Just shit. Yeah, so standard American diet. He had a really narrow jaw, (coughs) and this boy needed like the twin needed braces and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the boy that followed the Western A Price traditional diet, you know, so very heavy in animal products and um, chewing, chewing and breastfeeding and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Um, his jaw developed completely differently amazing. like it was really wide and he there was enough space for all his teeth yeah amazing yeah it, 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 bottles really fuck your kids teeth up oh, everything is so affected yeah. by by your diet and and how you yeah. you know it just blows me away it's pretty amazing. but everyone always whenever i say oh you know we've never used antibiotics or stuff people often just go oh good genes well actually, i know no, got really shitty genes because yeah. both me and my boy were vaccine damaged yeah so we've obviously got pretty shitty genes like <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's so infuriating. We we we've avoided antibiotics because we've chosen mm-hmm. like we've chosen to yeah. avoid antibiotics. It's like and the same with the word luck. It's so annoying. Oh, but I hate the word luck. I know. I know. You're like it's probably one. It's probably you know two percent in the lottery. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same with birth things. Oh, you're just lucky. You birth normally. That's why it could come at home. You know. Uh, and you're just like, yeah. oh, okay. Like no. half the time you kind of get into it. You're like, okay. You just keep thinking that in your little yeah. fucking head, and you'll be the same when you're it, 80. It goes with everything. Oh, you're so lucky that you have a husband that um, mm. like, that you know that yeah. that lets you mother your children. I think. What the fuck? <laughs> How is that luck? <laughs> I fucking chose him. Yeah, exactly. I didn't marry him because he's an asshole. Yeah, you know exactly. Fuck. What, what did you? I'm, I'm so, like totally. Bl- I, t- I told you mine would get totally blown oh, out. That's okay. Yeah, sorry. So Snow White is in the news at the moment. Yeah, I'm really cool. I'm, this is really interesting. So, Disneyland. The news articles. If you just read the headline, it looks like they're trying to redo the movie. They're not. The problem is apparently. Oh, like they're just trying to erase every other fucking fairy tale yeah. we grew up on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Disneyland, the actual theme park, they've revamped their Snow White ride. And in the ride at the end or whatever, um, 
the prince kisses her and yeah. she wakes up. Yeah. And so they're saying that's non-consensual. She was unconscious. <laughs> this is teaching children. Like, and so I was like, whatever, okay. Then I was like, Disney, Disney needs some empathy training. I know. Yeah, diversity training. Is fucking, yeah. Um. And so then they were like, this is a bad message, rah, rah, And I was like, hold the fuck up. And then I just quickly skimmed through Snow White. This is where I think woke politics and shit, which, and I don't want to come across like I'm a, a woman-hating person in this podcast, but I just think we feed so much into this narrative all the time. And so with this woke shit about like the whole Me Too movement and stuff, which is turned into shit and just not really getting anywhere except women get to like pipe off about some things and it's just turned like I think it had good intentions but now it's just a mess so with Snow White the fucking queen didn't like her when she was a child so she put Snow White into yeah Yeah. she became she forced her to be a scullery maid so basically put this young girl in to fucking slavery right then when she comes of age the mirror tells the queen Snow White's the fairest of them all. So the fucking queen hires the huntsman, like a hunter, to hunt Snow White and bring back cut her. out her oh. fucking heart, yeah. like Isis style, <laughs> back to her. The hunter couldn't do it. In, in the meantime, she's met the prince and they fell in love because he heard her voice and loved her. And then, so that's cute. So she flees off to, you know, the dwarfs or whatever in the forest. The queen finds her because she realizes it's a pig hut the hunter has brought back. Then she goes with a poisonous apple that fucking puts her into a death-like coma. And the only way she'll come back is true love's first kiss. So then the dwarves fucking fight the queen off and the queen dies. And then they, because she was going to bury her alive before this as well. So she wanted, she was like killing her. She's still so half there's alive. there's a lot of Snow White I don't remember. I know. I only just remember this. Yeah. But then as I was reading it, I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Then the dwarves fucked the queen off and then they put her in a beautiful clear oh, coffin in yeah, the middle yeah, of yeah. the forest. Yes. And a year later, the prince comes along. This is what everyone's worried about. She did eat the apple, didn't she? <coughs> she ate yeah. it because the queen said something about, um, yeah. it, like, it'll grant you a wish or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, so then the prince comes along like a year later and she's in the forest dead. He thinks she's dead. <laughs> That's what they said. Like, he thought she was dead. <clears throat> and he gives her a kiss on the lips. It wasn't a fucking tongue in the kiss in the lips. He didn't fondle her tits. He didn't put his <laughs> dick in her. Fuck me drunk. And then she came alive and he was like, oh my God. And I was just like, but, so we're going to focus on the on him kissing sex, her. Unconsensual kiss. But ignore what this psycho queen did the whole time. Yeah, ignore all the violence. All the fucking. Ignore the jealousy. Ignore the rage. Because we're focused else. on the fucking, uh, who's the identity of everybody. Oh, because it's it a dude. In, because it fits into their agenda. Yeah. It it. it <sighs> It's just a it's just a better way of being divisive, you know. It is. If, if you are non accepting of transgenders and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Then mm-hmm. there's that. It's the same as the anti-vax versus pro-vax. It's mm-hmm. just it's just yeah. If they can and the BLM movement and everything, they separate us, yeah. all us little low-level because people. Because unity, unity mm-hmm. is the most powerful tool we have, and we're too yes. busy hating our fucking neighbor to stand exactly. up with our neighbor. Exactly, and that's what people are like often talking about now. It's class issues. It's not this little bickering and amongst everybody with all our little identities. Because anyone can make an identity. I, you know, anyone, like right now, think of all the worst things that happened to you. You could yeah, put yeah. that on your fucking Instagram bio and become a fucking <laughs> yes. hero for it all. And then yeah. that becomes you then. And it's yeah. like, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. um, that you know, the, what's that thing when they protested Wall Street? Maybe like 10 years ago, Obama was in. Oh God, I can't um, remember. I can't remember. But they were basically. The was it people, after the GFC? Yeah, it was at the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. And people were. When they pro- bowed them all out? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called though. Fuck, is it called? But people were, they were um, chanting, like, I was listening to a thing the other day, and everyone was chanting, we're the 99%. Yeah, yeah. Saying, we are the power. Yeah. And now they're saying, now everyone's getting smaller and smaller in their little groups, and they're like, I'm the 1%. And it's like, no, no, there's no power in you claiming whatever. We need to all be one. And like, banks, like, the transfer of wealth is insane. Like, it's never been bigger. There are more billionaires and millionaires. Oh, and like Gates, um, Gates announcing his divorce oh, and yeah. Bezos selling all his stock. Yeah. What's coming? Why are you motherfuckers getting out? <laughs> Should we get all that money out of the bank and 
bury it in the oh, but no, will it be no, useless not money. Buy, buy, buy gold and silver or something yeah. but because the weapons <laughs> yes <laughs> and heaps of wine to put in a cellar oh they reckon they reckon alcohol is one of the best yeah, trading because, things to have oh man I would sell everything in the <laughs> if there was a fucking apocalypse I'd be like everything's gone man have a bag of rice I need to drink some wine there's no, like, there's no fucking the world's about to end yeah but so Gates' divorce is it, it's like a big neon sign on his head saying yeah. I'm going I, you watch you watch his stocks when it happened mum was like oh my god they've been married for so long and I was like yeah and I'm like oh these fucking people he's probably got three girlfriends on the side and then today I just seen the Daily Mail or, no not the Daily Mail the, whatever it is um, said oh he had <laughs> it's probably fake he had an agreement with his wife to see his former girlfriend one weekend a year I'm like what the f- kind of sick fucking <laughs> I was like yeah I think a wife <laughs> <laughs> Friends with Michael Obama. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, so, so funny. But yeah, so the Snow White thing, I'm like, it's obviously just fodder for social media. But I was like, let's focus on this. Is what's the problem is focusing on things like he's a man that I don't know when there's more evil shit going on in the world, like the Queen trying to cut her heart out. Oh and shit. yeah, like, and and, and a um, non-consensual kiss, like who, like really? If it's what, true love, a princess lying dead in the fucking forest. <laughs> Is gonna be pissed at a prince who just brought her back to life, exactly. and they had met before, exactly. and apparently they fell in love. Exactly. So she's probably happy for it. Oh. If you were dead in a forest, stuff would kiss you. Yeah, right. Who's gonna protest? <laughs> Not me, because I'm alive. Exactly. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Jesus, fuck! It's oh, so bad. It is. It is. You oh. know what? I I grew up on all those fairy tales. Yeah. And I never really thought too much about the messages, mm-hmm. right? But a friend of mine brought it up once, actually, and she said, have you ever noticed that Disney movies always kill off the parents? I remember seeing a thing about this Yeah, once. and I was like, oh, my God, they do. They always kill off the yeah. parents. And, and, and that it, there are so many messages in Disney movies. Yeah. Like, my kids just don't. I mean, we don't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah, we don't even have Disney anyways because it's not even on Netflix anymore, Disney. You need no. up and shit. I think... Probably the only Disney movie that my kids have ever really got into was Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and, yeah. And, and it's pretty harmless. Kids but... don't see the messages. But then again, it could be, what is that called? Like really deep messaging. So they don't actually, because I don't even remember bad yeah. messages. It's just like subconscious. Yeah. yeah. Subconscious is what I was thinking of. Yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty yeah. rough. They always kill off the fucking parents. It's weird. I yeah. wonder though if the writer had lost his parents and kept trying to relive and put his experiences into a film yeah or something that's know. weird it is messed up because even frozen her parents die yeah, is that all, right all frozen? yeah so many of them that's weird yeah um <laughs> international day the midwife was on oh yes i didn't realize until the afternoon and yeah. then like because I, I i don't have facebook on my phone oh uh-huh. so i have to go on my computer yeah so i didn't see it until the afternoon but like my news feed was just like oh i love you midwife thank you i love midwives you. are changing the world oh thank you so much and and you know the only one i saw actually was from a friend that is a midwife yeah right and she was the only one that was calling out the women yeah, right. Okay. And I was like, you're a fucking legend. What are you talking about? Calling out the... Um, so she's a midwife. Or calling out women for, for loving allow- their abusers? <laughs> no, for for allowing her to be a part of their journey. Oh, right. So she, she, so she wasn't sucking each other off like no, the rest so of them. so she's a midwife. Oh, that's nice. And, and she... And her... And I was like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. But her post, she was like, you know, women rock. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your birth, basically. That's nice, yeah. And I was like... That yeah. is the message. Yeah, exactly. Not, not that midwives are saving us. Yeah, like, exactly. I can find it. It was really, it was really, it's really good. good. There was um, walks like all over Australia for um, walking for midwifery. Yeah. Birth is not only about making babies. Birth is about making mothers strong, competent, capable, capable mothers who trust themselves and know their inner strength. Nice. She was the only one that called out the mother. Yeah. Instead of, like you said, sucking midwives off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, they had walks in our town and elsewhere, and it was all like to bring awareness for um, fucking cont- continuity of care and oh, invest in the midwife. I think the theme was right, so give more funding to midwifery, and it's like yeah, whatever. If you want to play that game, yeah, do that. But I was just saying. <laughs> I drove past and I could see balloons and stuff. I'm like, that's cute, but this is what it fucking is. They do this walk 
it's then they take photos of it all and put it on it goes media. into their annual reports for queensland health or whatever yeah. it becomes this thing they talk about it it's on their walls nothing fucking it took changes. 20 minutes in the morning to do it you don't actually do it like what what's this gonna do nothing it's not impacting anybody no. like i was thinking too i was thinking about it the other week i was gonna bring it up like with unionization and unions and stuff and i know that's for the employer but i was like why can't okay so this is how it all began i was listening listening to this podcast it's um that um it was a really good one and they were talking to a lady who is really like a president of whatever union for flight attendants in america and she's talking all about the importance of like organization amongst workers to make sure you get your rights and right they're talking a lot about amazon because those workers get like nothing mm-hmm. like at all and um don't buy from amazon ever yeah it's so bad i bought probably like under 10 times but every time i'm like i'm so sorry i know so, i know. Like, i bought um tie-dye dying from there the oh, other day uh-huh. and I was like I'm so sorry yeah sorry I couldn't find it anywhere else yeah. I tried so hard <laughs> I know. and then I'm like fuck you Jeff Bezos yeah <laughs> awesome. um yeah and so I was like how hard like it just seems like especially like in our local area which we're not really exactly saying where we live um but else everywhere else they don't allow um home birth they don't allow water birth they don't allow all these different things and I'm like how hard would it be for midwives to say we're going to understaff the unit until we have um, the birth pool up and running for yeah. anyone who wants How it. How long was the birth pool here? It's a joke. Before it was up and running. It's fucked. And it, did you, it's not was even... It, it's it not even... Years? It's not even... It's OH&S has... Um, it's not in use anymore. Not that it was used anyway. So it's a waste of space. So they... It, it, honestly, I feel like they need... To, and so this woman was talking about organising workplaces. Get the most respected workers, like the senior ones that have respect. Get them together. Say we need to make changes for women we're going to be two staff down until we allow every woman to be able to bring her birth pool to hospital. We've yep. got the plumbing. It's nothing. There's contractors at the hospital that can put that shit, you know, like you don't. Dude, if you're willing to take your own birth pool to the hospital, yeah. stay at home. <laughs> but for the everyday woman yeah, who's petrified of herself and her body, like why can't they do more forceful things and use their employment and use their power as a midwife to say, uh, no, we're not doing that. And stick together with numbers and stuff. Don't go abusing the midwife that allows a woman to birth in the water at the hospital. You stick to fucking together and protect each other. Because these they separate them all off because, I don't know, like it's just it's so frustrating. Why can't it be a union kind of thing? Like, you know, like a strike, like strike. But then it's a consumer thing. It's not really employment yeah. thing. But they could use... How many women walk into the hospital here and say, I demand a birth pool to birth in? Yeah. How many? How- not many. And there would be heaps that voice it, but it doesn't go anywhere. It no. doesn't go anywhere, but no. it would maybe go somewhere when they've got minimal midwives anyway. And if they go, we're not, half of us aren't going to rock up. Like have fun. You need to go get RNs to staff the, yeah. the ward side. Like you need to have birth pools here because you could say it's affecting my employment as a midwife, not mm-hmm. seeing women's rights be respected. I want to quit. I'm getting burnt out. I'm sick of, you know, like, yeah, like it's a heaps of shit. Yeah. But the thing is, if the respected older midwives of whatever hospital uh, don't even understand home yeah, birth, don't yeah. even understand water birth, don't understand <laughs> no. anything about birth, then you're fucked. Yeah. But these young fucking apparently, you know, well-educated, like, why aren't you just using your power and not accepting this these crumbs for women? This is what brings me to this pod. Okay. You know when people, which was me, half of me was like, it's probably not true, but you know when you're like, oh, I can just work in the system and I can change the system. If I get to a level of power, I can influence the ward. Yeah, maybe you can, but when you retire, some other fuckhead's going to move in. It's institutional. And in the process, you're killing yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to live your life like that. So Glenn Greenwald is a... Really, I like. I respect him as a uh, what do you call that word? Journalist, because he's gone to Substack now. He started the Intercept, and he's just a very honest reporter. And because it doesn't fall in the lines of what people want him to say, he's been kind of struck off. But he's just very honest. And he was talking about this um, book about this guy. This guy wrote this book, and um, he was. This is a really good passage of information. I'm like this is what I think of when I think about midwifery, and when women, when midwives are in the system. Often the ones that are wanting to make changes are alone. They're not in a group, you know, like they're not like connected up. Yeah, well, no one. They're no flailing one. about like wanting, yeah. I want to make change, but not doing, actually doing anything. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and I, so I thought of this, just listen to this little thing. Okay. So it's just a kind of constant reward system that keeps them affirming things. And they don't really care any longer whether it's true or not. Um, they care about those incentives not because they're even consciously corrupt but because that's how the human brain functions and you know ironically i think that we talked about this before 
But one of the best books describing the dynamic that I just referenced was actually written by Chris himself in 2011 called Twilight of the Elite before he got his MSNBC show and he wrote a book that this the theme the of which was no matter how smart you are, no matter how well-intentioned you are, no matter how much integrity or no matter how many principles you have, if you immerse yourself in an elite institution, inevitably, inevitably, it will co-opt you. Seeing the world through the blinders that they want you to wear. So rapid to punish people who dissent and reward those who submit that almost no human brain is capable of resisting that unless you remove yourself from it. And he has. Yeah, I feel that. Do you get that? Yeah. Like, because once you work in the institution, whether that be government, healthcare, whatever, big, big business. Th- those short those short months that you spent up at the hospital mm. during your prac or whatever it's called, yeah. placement or whatever, Yeah. how many times did you have to turn a blind eye to women being oh, abused? Oh, like all the time. Yeah. All the time. And imagine if you'd continued. And I, that's why I'm like, how can you... You can't stop every every right. incident of yeah. abuse. You can't. It's not in, it's not exactly. in your power. But the fuck thing is, is once you are immersed in there and once you get um, rewarded for being a good worker... And then you start enforcing the shit. And then all the people around you think like you because they have to if you want to work in that system. Then you're backing each other up. Mm. Completely alienating women who are like coming in and free thinking about things. Like, actually, I don't want that, I don't want that. And, you know, and it's just like you can't win. Like, unless, I don't know, it's just fucked. And I just thought that's so true. Like, even if you want to change it, it's bleak. But I'm like, all the, let's get continuity of care. Let's get this. I don't think that's not going to save anyone because while they're all thinking along the same things, they're ignoring new evidence. It's all just pretty words. It is. Yeah. It's all like this walk, like just like, oh, let's walk for women. It's like, what is that? <laughs> this is just a photo op. It's nothing. Yeah. Do something aggressive. Do something that's like, I remember, like, I remember messaging and talking to Jane Hardwick Collins when COVID first hit. And I was like, this is the time for women. Because you know how they were like going to limit women support teams in hospital. And they still are. WA can only have one support oh, person. gross. And I was like, this is the time for bitches to be like, I'm not fucking going to hospital. And this is the time for midwives to be like, this is a crisis, pandemic, whatever. This is a weird situation. We're attending women at home. Go fuck yourselves. And if every single midwife said that and were willing, what are they going to do? Fire everyone? They're not. Like, but it's safety numbers. And when they're all skittish and they're too scared or they're too focused on whatever the fuck's going on in their normal life, they're not actually invested in women instead of just speaking about it. How many it. of them do you actually, do you think even think that there's a problem? No, no, because they're in an institution that backs up all the shit. Their education was institutionalized. Yep. They work in an institution. Mm-hmm. Their entire being has been exactly. institutionalized. And like yep. I said before we started, the system's not broken. Yeah. It's operating exactly, exactly how they need exactly. it to operate. Women submit at the most vulnerable moment in our lives we submit mm-hmm. to the system you get a woman when she's pregnant and you've got her for life yeah yeah you that's know? so true yep you rescue her baby you mm-hmm. save her baby mm-hmm. you tell she her a little is, she is going to kiss your feet for the rest yep. of her life and on international midwives day she will post a photo of you saying thank oh, you thank you yeah and like and, and and the worst thing is women don't even realize what's happening i didn't yeah tana's uh-huh. birth was fucking horrific <laughs> yeah i i i I, I, I said don't cut me don't cut me don't cut me i just give you a little cut yeah i was fucking abused yeah mm-hmm. blatantly yeah i bought them fucking flowers yeah, and chocolate exactly. yeah, exactly. afterwards yeah exactly. i went back up there yeah with a card saying thank you like yeah. how fucking it is fucked is that so many women with Sophie's, I we had the private doctor because <laughs> I'm so smart. And I remember getting that eight. This is the first time baby, eight centimeters when I arrived at hospital. I Must was 40 work. plus one. So I was just one day over. Everything's yeah. going great. And um, how did they fuck it? <laughs> it wasn't. And like this thing is barely fucked, really, in the scheme of what happens to other women. But I got there. The midwife was from the UK. Super happy because I was like, she had exposure to home birth and normal fucking birth. Like, yeah. so that was great. She probably had the lovely. same lady, Katie. No, oh. no, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's rad. Yeah, she said because I said, oh, because she was talking about home birth, and I said, oh, where's the coolest place you've attended a home birth? A fucking treehouse for gypsies. Fucking oh, oh like that's okay. so cool. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this um actually my midwife knows her too. They're friends. Yeah, um, right. and so she was lovely, and so then the private doctor arrived, and um he was stuck like, his fingers in you. And left well, he wanted there. to, and she's like, I've just checked her, and she's eight centimeters, and he's like, oh no, I got to check again, and so me. 
I was already also leading up to this birth. I was very, I was kind of aware of some of the things this doctor was doing. Like episiotomy rates were out of the yeah, roof. Yeah. And it, yeah, like all types of shit. But in my head, I was like, no, I just want him. And hopefully I'll just birth normally. And then, But if I need a C-section, I want him. He's not even an oh, obstetrician. God. Like I would rather the obstetricians at the hospital to give me a C-section, not oh, him. Yeah. So yeah, so he wanted to check me. I was like, oh, fine, fine, whatever. So he checks me again. I'm not somebody who likes anything near my, like I don't even like paps me as nothing. Yeah. So I was like, ah. Oh. Did it again. So yeah, no shit. I'm eight centimeters because I was just checked. But then he has to tell me she's ROT or whatever it was, a bit of a posterior thing. The midwife would have done that. She didn't tell me because what's the point? She said like, and I've got all my notes and she's like handling the contractions beautifully. Rah, rah. What's the point of telling me, oh, you know, the baby's on a weird angle. It could be more painful. Yeah, and, whatever. She, and, and the baby was on a weird angle. And in two seconds time, she could be on a completely exactly. different angle. Exactly, exactly. And she was. Like she was born like technically completely fine. Like yeah. you don't need to know this information when you're... No. And so then he checked me and then, um, oh, we'll break your waters. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want them broken. Like, everything's fine. And the midwife was like, shh, why would you break her waters? Like, it's totally fine. Then he started going at the midwife and they're having back and forths and stuff. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And she was like, like, you know the reasons. Like, if you break your waters, there could be a cord there. Yeah. That prolapses, instant emergency C-section. It can be more painful once your waters break because now you've got a full head against your cervix and, and not the water not bag. And let's not ignore the fact that up until the moment you walked into the hospital, mm-hmm. your birth had been progressing mm-hmm. naturally, normally, mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, exactly. Why fuck with that? Just leave it the fuck alone, man. Why exactly. fuck with that? So I was on the you ground. You do not know better. I know. I know. There is no they doctor. They think they do. They, there's no doctor that knows better than the process that creates a human uh-huh. life. Exactly. Fuck, it annoys me. Fucking God complexes, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I was literally laboring completely fine. Like the ball was on the ground. My midwife had mattresses out on the floor, like the thin ones with blankets. I was laboring. I remember like feeling this. I was only there for two hours before she was born. Did, I, did you let him break the waters? No. No, no, but the story progresses, right? So then I'm laboring. Everything's great. I felt like I was going to vomit a few times. I remember she was just so chill. She's at the back of the room just, and I remember being like, oh, fuck, I felt the urge to push. And she was, and she literally, I remember looking at her. I was like, I just felt like I was going to push then. And she didn't even look up. She's like, just ignore it. She's like, just keep going what you're doing. Don't push unless you feel like you have to. Like the perfect advice. So then I just kept going. And then it got to the point where my body was just pushing. He then starts, you need to hop on the bed. You need to hop on. Meanwhile, he's checked me like three times already. I was there for two hours. So I was checked so many times by him. Checked is putting your fingers up a woman's vagina and feeling the cervix and how many centimeters you are, which is the most ridiculous way. Because apparently your cervix is a fucking crystal ball. Yeah, it's ridiculous and doesn't indicate anything. And so um, he was like, hop on the bed, hop on the bed. And my granddad's out in the hallway. Oh, she should hop on the bed. She should listen. And the midwife, um, because so previous to this, I'd brought up, can my husband catch the baby? And the doctor was like, fuck no. And I told that to the midwife. The midwife was like, anyone can catch a fucking baby. You don't need a degree. She's like, I can catch the baby. He's saying, no, she needs to be on the bed. My back's fucked and all this stuff. And she was like, well, I... Hold up, hold up, hold up. So the woman (laughs) whose body is pushing a fucking human out of her... The OB's back is more important. Are you fucking serious? Fuck. So I was, and it was to the point like the contraction was nearly over. So I was quiet, but it was still there. And he was like, hop on the bed, hop on the bed. And I remember once Chris being like, she's still having a contraction. It was fucked. And then I remember him just being like, you need to hop on the bed. And the midwife. I'm so angry for you right now. Oh, (laughs) man. And then I remember um, the midwife was like, I can catch the baby on the ground. Like, you know, you don't have to hop up. I ended up just being like, just everyone shut the fuck up. So I hopped on the bed. I just stood up on my knees, like on the bed. So knees on the bed. And I'm like, bring the back up. And I I don't even know about that. But I I was like, just bring the back up. And I was leaning over. Meanwhile, in between these two hours, he's asked twice to break my waters. I've said no both times. The midwife's argued with him about it. She doesn't want him broken and all this stuff. Um, and so then... Because um, the labouring woman should have to fucking argue with the oh, obstetrician while she's birthing. Yeah, it was... Fuck. So then I'm up on my, my... So my back's to hit the wall. Like my whole... So I'm like kneeling on the bed basically with my ass to the whole room. People are around. And then um, my waters are bulging out, mm. which is cool. Yeah. He gets the fucking amnio stick thing and he breaks my waters without telling me. So at that point I'm crowning. So the waters are right there. It was like out of all my four labours... The most painful part of any of them. And it yet, stung. I felt like that's when I tore in that labour. Yeah. Ooh. You know how they say on call, in call births are really rare? Yeah. 
They're not fucking rare. Exactly. If you go into the free birth world mm-hmm. and home birth world, they're really common. Uncle, I would say like one in four. Yeah, they, I be, see them all the time. Same. Pulling the sack off the head. Yes, all the time. Uncle, or however you say it, is when the baby's born in the in sack. In the sack, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, so he just broke the waters. The three of mine that I've allowed to go physiological mm-hmm. have all ruptured instantly before I push. Yeah, the three of mine were one that Chloe, the... Um, Free birth one at home wasn't, but I, there was a cool story about that one too. But yeah, so he did what that. I know, and I remember like, so her head was right there when it happened. It was so painful. I remember trying to get off the bed, and Chris always says like, it's a weird scene seeing your wife with a baby half coming out of her, trying to get off the bed, trying to climb up the wall. I was screaming. The midwife that was with me from the beginning was like, came up to me and she was like, "It's okay, you're nearly there." And so I'd been calm this whole time, right? Another midwife walks in, just yelling, push, push. Uh-huh. And so at this point, I'm like, I feel like my body's breaking in half. I just had the most painful thing happen to me, which I didn't know at the time he'd break my waters, but that's when it, things really, I fucking freaked out at that point. And then I remember just pushing it. I wasn't contracting. I was like, just get this fucking over with. I push, push, push. And then, um, yeah, she was born totally fine. Like, it's it, it's hilarious to look back on that, like, to look back on all my births because I am the most boringest textbook labourer you've ever met like it is so normal when I birth which can change at any minute if I got pregnant again and had another baby but the fact that they can just fuck with a simple birth is so like a, a friend telling of how fucked the whole place is a friend had a really similar story her, her number four she went up same doctor I know exactly who you're talking <laughs> yeah, about fuck me um she went up she got there um her baby was born within 45 minutes of arriving, right? But as soon as she got there, he says, jump up on the bed. Oh, we'll break your waters. Ugh, Why? Why? Ugh. Why? He is a fucking predator. And the amount of times I've fantasized about, like, if I win the lotto, I'm going to do a class action against that cunt and uh. against the hospital for allowing oh, a predator Sophie. to work there. Oh, she's seven. Oh, you missed you. Did I? Yeah, seven, seven years. I'd see him at Woolworths <laughs> and I just wanted to crack him in the skull. I, and then, so this is the thing what you were saying with, after this, so I felt like butchered when I left that room. I was like, oh my God. And even to this day, I Did think... Did you take him flowers? Oh, um, no, but yes, you went to the back midwife. to him for baby number two. No, I didn't. Oh, you no, didn't? I went back oh, once good. because I thought I had an infection maybe a couple of days after birth. And he yeah. wrote me a script for something, which I never took. I just had it there just in case. But I remember um, seeing him the next day and just being like, Chris, just be good, just be happy. Because I was not, like, I was like, that was so fucked up. And my mum was like, I'm quietly disappointed in him and all this stuff. And I was just like... Just be happy. Let's just get him. And I was like smiling. Like I was very much like I didn't want him to know I was upset about it. So I just wanted it. Like when you have a baby too, women, we're like very wanting peace. Like, yeah, so I didn't yeah. want to argue. I didn't want to complain. And, but even at those early stages, I knew it was kind of fucked up and I wasn't happy with at all. Like him making me get on the bed, him, all this stuff. And it wasn't until maybe a couple of days later, I was talking to the midwife and she told me how my waters are broken and all this stuff. But I went up there and bought flowers for her and some flowers. Probably. Yeah, well, she sounded like she deserved them. Yeah. She was, she did well for what she had to deal with kind of thing. But yeah, just like, and then even when I went back to him um, for antibiotics or whatever it was, which I didn't take, I just I thought something was being inflamed down there. So he had a log. I remember just, and I never went back since, but I was just like, just be happy, just smile. Like, yeah, it's a great birth. Like, I just didn't want to upset him. Like, it was like in the deep down, I was like, I just don't want to have a fucking, you know. And then whenever I'd see him, I'd see him at Woolies all the time. And I could take that motherfucker. I'm taller than him. Oh, anyone <laughs> could take that old cunt. Like... <laughs> I just wanted to oh, drop him he, there. He had the biggest worship following of women in oh, India. I was so fucking stalked him the other day, probably because of my trauma coming back up with things. Where is he now? Oh, no, I couldn't find him. Oh. But I seen a post done locally um, when he was leaving and all these people oh. were just like, yeah. you saved it, like everything. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> an old friend had him for all three of us because he was her family doctor and oh. she just fucking worshipped him. And every birth, something went wrong. Uh, that thank he God created. it was him. Yeah, He's thank God he uh, was there to save the day. That's uh, so festy, man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really sorry, but I have yes, to go. Yes, no, it's pretty late. Stop um, okay. having beers with the boys, and I promised I'll be back by 3.30. Even? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Catch your cunts. Catch your cunts.